Hello. Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Oh, it's Friday. Thank God. That's it. All right. Well, uh, we'll just get right into it so we can make this short and sweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talk About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. Well, we already said what's up, but uh, how's it going? I guess we'll change it up a little bit. It's been a busy week. I'm glad Friday's here. Can't wait to get to the weekend to enjoy myself a little bit. So uh, excited to get sure. this in this week. A lot of stuff to talk about, I'm sure. But we uh, let's let's get to it. Let's do it. We will. As always, we start off with a quick recap of the Browns game. We are doing this one day, or I'm sorry, two days later than we normally would. So there's already been a thir- Thursday night football game. There's already been some big Browns news that's come out this week of who's starting and et cetera. We'll get to that later. Uh, but right now, we'll just recap the Browns versus Denver Broncos one week from yesterday. Uh, Browns got the win. It wasn't pretty. Case Keenum was, of course, the starting quarterback. Dearness Johnson was your starting running back. Uh, Blake Hance was your starting right tackle. Injuries galore. Lots of backups. But that's that's the motto in the NFL. I mean, next man up, do your job. And I think they did a great job. Kevin Stefanski had a perfectly coached game, in my opinion. I think he he really followed his strong suits of the guys that he had. I mean, you have Case Keenum, so obviously the arm strength is is different from Baker. But and this isn't a knock on Baker, but I think Baker and Case Keenum are very similar quarterbacks in terms of like their ability to control the offense and do things. So. Um, Again, Kate Baker has the better arm because there was that throw to OBJ that was right by the, the goal line from Keenum that almost got picked off because he just didn't have the arm strength to get it to him. And I feel like that's a throw that if Baker were quarterback, probably would have been a touchdown. It's unfortunate. Odell Beckham's still waiting for touchdown number one of the season. But I think he's a good teammate. And as anybody will say, individual stats don't matter as long as the team wins. So, again, <clears throat> very ugly. But a win's a win, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I caught most of the game. I had I had bowling that night, and then I ended up watching the second half of the game at the bar afterwards. Um, I mean, like you said, it wasn't pretty. A lot of backups, but, you know, like our backups stepped in. And Dearness Johnson, I mean, Jesus, man. There were runs that, that that guy broke off that I thought for sure he was tackled, and then you see him get five, six, seven more yards. He just wouldn't give up. It's like the wheels were in four, four-wheel drive, and he kept going. That's impressive. I mean, for, for for his story, and we don't have to get into it, but where he came from two or three years ago to where he's at now, getting the chances. I mean, give that give that boy some more chances. You know what I mean? That way, you save all of our running backs. They're healthy going into the playoffs, hopefully. But I think he's earned those those chances going forward. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, I, I remember we talked about this a little bit in the preseason before, <laughs> right before cuts, and I talked about how tough it's going to be for the Browns to get rid of a running back because. <clears throat> I thought DeAndre Johnson was the odd man out. You draft Demetric Felton, who obviously is your draft pick. You have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, who have both recently gotten contract extensions under this regime, so you know they're here for the long haul. And to me, I thought odd man out, DeAndre Johnson. It's unfortunate because he's a really, really talented running back. And we ended up keeping him, and he's been a huge contributor on special teams and finally got his chance and made the most of it. I mean, he won – FedEx ground player of the week or whatever the fuck that's called. Uh, so congratulations yeah. to him. I mean, hell of a performance. He, he really put the team on his back and carried them to a win. The defense really stepped up and played well. Uh, my concern though, is we were, we really struggled in the second half against the run. 
and uh, against screens, basically, just really the, the running game, the short game, took us, picked us apart. And that's that's against a lesser offense like the Denver Broncos this week. We'll talk about it later, but you're going up against a little bit of a better offense. I mean, you have a first-round running back in Najee Harris. You have, obviously, a Hall of Famer, Ben Roethlisberger, who is on – he's on the 18th hole, let's be honest. But he's still very capable. And then, what, what, what kind of hole is he on? I'm curious. <laughs> well, he's not on one that he's used to in women's bathrooms, but he's on the 18th <laughs> hole of, of life and NFL career. So, yeah, we'll get into a breakdown of that, but I mean – Overall, a good win. You're never upset with a win. That was huge. I was nervous going into that game, to be honest, because of the backups. I thought we – the home home field advantage I thought was key. I feel like if we brought that roster on the road or that starting lineup on the road, probably a different result in my opinion. So I'm happy we were home. We're at home this week. We need to keep the momentum rolling. As said, uh, some people are back. Baker Mayfield's expected to start. Uh, barring any setback, Nick Chubb is going to be starting for us. He's back. Uh, a lot of people coming back. It looks like Jack Conklin's going to be playing. So we're almost at full strength again for the most part in terms of starters uh, on offense. Defense, there's still some people banged up. You have Tack McKinley, who's questionable. Uh, Jadidian Clowney's questionable. Denzel Ward, go figure. He's officially out. We have... Obviously, JOK is still on, on the on the IR, so it's not looking good for the defense. Definitely some some pieces missing, and that's going to be tough. But we'll yeah, get I mean, into a full I'm, breakdown I'm a little, of that I'm later. A, I'm a little nervous of that, but I mean, I think this is the the what they said earlier was the first time that Baker's had uh, Jarvis and Odell, you know, since last year, obviously uh, middle of last year on the same field. So it's been over a year almost, or close to a year almost, that he's had them on the field <laughs> together. So that's that's a big deal. I, I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean. We'll do the full breakdown to end the show, but uh, a quick recap of just, you know, like I said, Thursday's game, that was pretty much it. I mean, there's really, really wasn't a whole lot to talk about. It was the Dearness Johnson show and pretty much a good game for anybody with the last name of Johnson because you had John Johnson who had his first interception of the season. And, and no penalty, no penalty. I was honestly nervous when he picked it off. I'm like, there's going to be a flag. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just an underthrown ball, a bad throw by Teddy Bridgewater and, and John Johnson was able to take advantage of it, which is rare because, Teddy Bridgewater may not be like a Pro Bowl elite quarterback, but he is a very, very good serviceable QB who doesn't turn the ball over a ton. And that was a huge turnover because, I mean, they were – I don't know if they were in the red zone yet, but they were very close. He threw it at the goal line. John Johnson was able to pick it off, and that really helped win the game because, again, we were struggling a little bit against the running backs. Melvin Gordon and uh, Javante Williams both were killing us at the end in the second half. They, they made really good second-half adjustments. Definitely turned it into a tighter game than it, it needed to be. But Kevin Stefanski and the Browns were able to do the right things and put it away. It's like every team this season we played makes the right adjustments at halftime. It's like we, we are such a struggling second half team. Like I've never seen, I haven't seen one game this year where we come out of halftime and, and either grow that lead or come back and, and win a game in a second half. It's always a struggle for us in the second half. And I don't know what that is. I mean, I don't know how to fix that, but that's just an observation. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with, and this is, you know, not a knock on Joe Woods too much, but um, I just think that the defense is able to get kind of figured out by teams. And mm -hmm. after after halftime, they're like, okay, this is what they're running. Doesn't seem like they're changing anything. So if we come at it with this, you know, whatever, whatever they plan on doing, 
they're able to have pretty good success. And again, it's, it's, it just goes to show you that Joe Woods' defense might be a little questionable, to put it mildly. Uh, I a little, yeah. <laughs> We've had some good games. Again, you're playing the Denver Broncos, so it's not like you're playing some elite powerhouse def- or offense. So we, they did a great job. But again, going up against a better offensive team like the Steelers or as you saw against the, the Cardinals or you saw against the Chargers or even Kansas City, pretty much any team with a good offense – the Browns haven't been able to hasn't have been able to stop at all, and that worries me going forward. If I'm being honest, because we are winning the games we're supposed to win. However, against teams that are legitimate playoff contenders, we're really struggling, and that's to me that's a testament to where the Browns really are. I know going into the season, everybody had <clears throat> Super Bowl expectations and hopes and et cetera, but now you're kind of seeing that when they face that upper echelon talent. They're not on the same page. I mean, they're close, but they're just not there. I mean, obviously, the Cardinals game was an embarrassment. That was just something we're erasing forever. But the Kansas City game was a one-possession game. The Chargers game was a one-possession game. So we're there. However, the Chargers are an up-and-coming team. Kansas City looks like a team going downward. So where does that put the Browns? It's not like we're beating the you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers or a legit Buffalo Bills, the Super Bowl favorites. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's going to be interesting. This- not this the schedule. Super Bowl contender at all, but right. No, yeah, I get it. But this schedule, this schedule has gotten a lot harder than what we thought it was beginning of the season. You know, we had we had wins marked against teams that honestly, right now, I don't. I'm not putting it as a win right now. You know, I'm not. We can get to it later, but you know, like the Bengals or the Raiders. Um, those those are not things I'm, on the calendar that I'm so comfortable with right now because of how well those teams are playing. So our schedule, where we thought I we were thought we we're going to be, you know. Uh, 13 and whatever four or whatever it was, you know, um, I'm not questioning that now. You know what I mean? I think that we're going to have a far worse schedule than I, than I originally thought. And that's, and that sucks. It really does. Absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, we, we, we play the schedule game. We did that before the season and there were a few that I had, like, I think I, I had Kansas city as a loss. I think I had the chargers game as a loss and I think I had Arizona as a loss. So, so far I'm right on track. However, like you said, yeah, there are teams that I thought were going to be pretty easy wins, like Cincinnati you expect to go 2-0 and against. The mm-hmm. Raiders, The Raiders you expect, usually with under John Gruden, they've been one of those teams that they're right around the cusp of, of 500. They're not good. They're also not bad. They're, they're literally a, an average team at best. But since John Gruden got fired, the Raiders have looked really good. And all season, for the, honestly, Derek Carr has looked really good, and the Raiders overall just look like a pretty decent team. So when that game comes up, I mean, they beat us last year. It was a bad weather game, but they beat us last year. So to look at yeah. that game and just say, oh, easy win, I think, you know, it's it's not – there's no such thing as an easy win this year for the Browns, especially with the injuries they've been battling. And just in terms of overall play, they've definitely been a little bit of a disappointment in terms of how good we expected them to be. Maybe that's our own fault. Maybe we got a little ahead of ourselves and we expected them just because they signed some really good players. We thought the Browns' defense was going to look like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did in the playoffs. Maybe we got ahead of ourselves. But overall, I mean, I think we're right about where we are supposed to be record-wise. It's just what I'm seeing on the field isn't what I expected to see, if that makes sense. Nope, I agree, 100%. So that gets us – we'll go around the NFL here. I'm actually trying to do the math and keep up with our picks. Uh, I'm going over the, the, the who's right and who's wrong on ones like I do that. And then I'll do the scores – Overall, I'm a few weeks behind, but right now I'm just going over the scores, and we're I happen to be right on week seven here. So we'll talk about some games in the NFL. Carolina 
has come back to reality, and that's putting it mildly. <laughs> the the Sam Darnold experiment has gone from three weeks of joy to four weeks of hell, to be honest. I mean, he's looked terrible. He was benched, technically. I mean, in a blowout game, I don't consider it a benching in football. <clears throat> if you're benched and there's still some if it's legitimately a chance to win, I consider that a bench. Um, I know you and I talked about that week one. And that was with Aaron Rodgers. That game was a blowout. The Saints were beating the shit out of the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers was replaced. And I remember I told you, I was like, you know, he wasn't benched. Like, the game's out of hand. They're just going with Jordan Love to, you know, let him get some snaps. And I think same thing a little bit with Carolina. I think Sam Darnold is your starter going forward, really, because they don't have much there. But I also look at it, too, as that is kind of the writing on the wall for Darnold of, you better step it up because we gave you a chance from New York. And not many people get three chances in the NFL. So this is kind of the, he's really got to prove himself over the coming weeks. Right. But I mean, kudos to the giants, hell of a win for them. Carolina definitely is. I'll give Carolina credit though, too. I mean, you, you lost JC Horn, your first round pick. You lost Christian McCaffrey, arguably the best running back in football when healthy. Uh, so they're battling some major injuries. Their offensive line is really bad. And then again, you have Sam Darnold. So you're kind of limited there. It's not like we expected Sam Darnold to get traded and just turn into Tom Brady, but he did definitely, he's definitely started the season off great and how quickly things can change. Speaking of how quickly things can change, the Kansas City Chiefs, what in the fuck? <laughs> 27 I mean, to 3. Losers. That's putting it, putting it lightly there. I mean, that was an embarrassment of a game. Oh, it really was. I mean, what I mean, is he? I think know. he has 11, 11 interceptions this year so far now. I think he has. Yeah, he is really struggling. I mean, and this goes back to what I think I had mentioned it last week or the week before, whatever. There was some speculation of, you know, has Andy Reid kind of checked out? He got that Super Bowl. Then he got embarrassed by the Buccaneers in the playoff, in the Super Bowl by, uh, the hell's the Buccaneers head coach? I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, he wears those stupid fucking hats. Oh, uh, but anyway. Yeah, yeah I know about it. I just can't think of his name, but either way, he got embarrassed by him and you know, they just, they don't look like the same team. They came out week one and Kansas city's always been one of those teams where their defense isn't great, but it's good enough to just make enough stops to where you can win. So you go into week one and they did that against the Browns and it was a shootout high scoring game. Both defenses couldn't stop anybody. And you kind of think, okay, Kansas city is who they are. And then they go to week two and they blow a lead against the Ravens. And you're like, okay, that's a pretty good matchup. Those are two teams you expect to meet in like the AFC championship or, you know, the playoffs in general. And then you just keep going and Kansas city just keeps struggling. They even, even in their wins, they haven't looked really that, that good. They beat the Washington football team. Barely. They struggled. And then this week they go up against the Titans who don't look now. The Titans have turned it around. I don't understand it. I, I truly, after week two, I, I kind of was thinking, shit, is Mike Vrabel going to get fired? Because if he needs to take a step back and go back to being a coordinator, I would take him here in a fucking heartbeat. But next thing you know, they're five and two. They're better than the Browns re- technically record wise. And mm-hmm. they don't, they don't look like a joke at all. They are a legitimate no. team. I mean, they just got well, they, done beating the Buffalo they, Bills than the Kansas City. Chiefs they, and back to back. Wins. Yeah. Yeah. Back to back. That's big huge. game wins right there. Yeah, absolutely. So Kansas City is definitely a mess. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has come out and been, you know, what, what a good leader does, what an MVP you know, franchise quarterback does, and he's put the blame on his shoulders, and he said he needs to play better. He addressed his teammates and said, 
you know, it's on him. He needs to do a better job as the quarterback to get them wins. And we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. But again, a lot of it to me, this is a stat that I saw on ESPN the other day, or maybe it was NFL Network, whatever it was. There was a stat that said Kansas City is actually one of the, one of the better running teams in the NFL overall. They get like the most yards per carry, et cetera, but they're one of the least rushing teams in the NFL. I think they're like 28th overall in rushing attempts, but when they rush, they're in like the top five in terms of yardage. So it's one of those things of like, why does Andy Reid get in his own way? I know you're paying Patrick Mahomes an ungodly amount of money. I know he's your franchise quarterback, arguably the face of the NFL. And you want to keep the ball in his hands. It's like the Packers, but the Packers can still get Aaron Jones extremely involved and get that running game going. We'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit because we can talk about one week eight game, but <clears throat> that was last night, the Packers against the, the Cardinals. The, the Packers went into it knowing they were really, really weak at wide receiver with Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, both being out with COVID, and then Marquez Valdez-Scantling still being out with an injury. And they went in and they said, fuck it, we're going to run the ball. Arizona's defense isn't very good against the run. We have Aaron Jones, we have Aaron Rodgers, we have a good offensive line. Pound the ball. And they did. Aaron Jones had a really good game. Uh, A.J. Dillon had a really good game. And I think the the Packers, Matt LaFleur, they weren't afraid to take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand because the Cardinals' defense is no joke. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought they were going to be a lot worse than they actually are. And they made Aaron Rodgers look pretty pedestrian yesterday. Don't get me wrong. He still threw two touchdowns. They won the game. Uh, a couple really bad calls, I think. Some no calls went the Packers' way. So it could have been a much worse game than it really was. Um, but overall, I mean – Shout out to the Packers. They're not afraid to say, fuck it. You're Aaron Rodgers. You're going to the Hall of Fame. You're one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But <clears throat> if running the ball is the key to success, we're going to run the ball. That's all that matters. And I think Andy Reid kind of needs to take a page out of that book for himself because I think he's putting a little too much on Patrick Mahomes right now. And they need to get that run game going because they are a very one-dimensional team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. It's, I mean, honestly, I we thought the Chiefs would be going on an like, undefeated streak this year because of how – I mean, how good they played last year and the year before that. I didn't see this happening whatsoever. I mean, it it does make me question our 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 struggle against them in week one. You know, like you said before, is like really where does that put us at? You know, comparing wise, comparison wise. Um, but week, yeah, no. Week I mean, one at the end of week one, crazy. I, I wasn't that upset. That's one of those losses. No. I wasn't too mad because it was close. I was like, okay, they didn't come out and smoke us. <laughs> They're one of the best teams in the NFL. Great. And then, but if we lost like to them now, if we play, if we played them now and lost to them. Uh, then I would be like, what the fuck? You know, we, this is exactly. a team that we should be, you know? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, there have been a couple situations like that because I look at a team, like even the chargers, the, uh, the chargers, we'll talk about that one. Well, that was two weeks ago, but the chargers came out and got destroyed by the Baltimore Ravens and a week after they destroyed the Browns. So that kind of got me thinking, Hmm, what level are we on in terms of the Baltimore Ravens? Because I get it. I'm not one of those guys that goes week to week and just, okay, if they beat this team and they beat you, they're all better than you. I'm not, I, I get it, any given Sunday. <clears throat> but still, the ass beating that the, the Chargers took, albeit they did have to travel literally across the country. It really doesn't get much further than going from Los Angeles to Baltimore. So that's a hell of a trip for them. I know it's not easy for West Coast teams to come to the East Coast, so I'll put a little bit of credit towards that. But it's just interesting to see, you know, the Browns get a get a – big loss and then a couple weeks later you see that same team that beat us look getting their ass kicked yeah Yeah, it's kind of one of those like huh against against the team that we're coming up against soon you know you know it's one of those things like it's this another thing you have to be afraid of yeah it gets me it gets me wondering a little bit i I get scared because 
as we said, we'll, we'll go into the week eight picks and everything and, and break down the Brown Steelers game. But I'm, I'm kind of nervous. I mean, you beat the Denver Broncos with, with a lot of backups. So that's a huge <clears> component. <throat> but now you're going in with Baker Mayfield back as your starter, who is maybe 50%, maybe 60. I'm not even willing to say 75% healthy. I mean, he's got 72.5%. Even that's being generous. <laughs> to be honest, you know. Um, so we'll get into all that. Uh, the New England Patriots beat the brakes off the New York Jets. Um, that, seemed like a state, that, that seemed like a statement win. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if they were running the score on purpose, but that seemed oh, like yeah, an angry Bill win. Belichick does not fuck around, especially in division games, and I respect that. He, he doesn't mess around. He went in there, and he said, welcome to the NFL, Robert Sala, as a head coach. And they beat the shit out of Zach Wilson. He got hurt. He, they put him on the IR. I think he's going to be out for at least a, a few weeks. The Jets actually traded to get Joe Flacco back because he was their backup last year. Oh, season and, saved. He's good. Yeah. But he's not even starting this week, so they're still fucked. And even with Joe Flacco starting, that team is so talentless. And I felt bad talking so much shit to my Jet fan friends. But I was being realistic when I just said, when I look at their roster, and I, I, I truly break it down. I, I was like, this is this might be worse than the Browns roster from their 0-16 oh, team. Yeah. I get it. The Jets won that fluke game against the Titans. But again, look at where the Titans are now. That was just a very fluky game. Um, but honestly, top to bottom, that, that Jets roster is garbage. It's really, really bad. A lot of it was just hopes and dreams. I mean, they drafted a lot of rookie offensive players. The Jets fans were really excited for those offensive players, and most of them have done nothing. And they've been very disappointing. A lot of people thought Zach Wilson was the next up-and-coming quarterback because he looked good in the preseason. And as I told you, when the real bullets are flying in an actual NFL game and you're not facing backups, shit gets a little different. Lo and behold, Hmm. here we are. Yeah, he's had a rough season so far. (laughs) That's putting it mildly. Him getting hurt, honestly, is like a blessing for him because he gets to kind of take a little step back and reevaluate. Um. He's got nine interceptions, yeah. Nine interceptions, 11 total turnovers. Yeah, he's struggling terribly. Definitely not a good – not looking good for the start of his young career. We have Green Bay who went into – who did they play last week? I'm sorry. Washington. That's right. They played the Washington football team. I wanted to make sure I wasn't – because I've looked at all the scores today from the past, like, three weeks, and I was like, wait, was this the Bears game where he said, I still own you, or was that two weeks ago? That was two weeks Uh, ago. (laughs) So, yeah, good win by the Packers. I mean, they uh, they went into the game. I was listening to it yesterday because I watched the game on uh, Thursday Night Football, and they said Green Bay's defense had given up, like, 15 out of 15 red zone touchdowns. They were the worst red zone defense in football. And the Washington football team, I believe, had four or five possessions in the red zone, and Green Bay gave up zero touchdowns. <laughs> so they figured some things out and definitely coming to their own, which is scary when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers who still plays like a guy who has a lot to prove, and I like that about him. Uh, so the Packers win pretty easily against Washington. Next up, we have the Falcons, who win a nail-biter against the Miami Dolphins. The poor Miami Dolphins, they are just – I mean, I defend Brian Flores a lot on here. I think he's a really good coach. I like what he was doing with the with the Dolphins for the last couple of years. But again, I said it as soon as it happened. I think drafting Tua was going to be a huge mistake, and it's looking to be their kiss of death. That team just isn't very good overall anymore. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I thought the Falcons were going to blow into the lead. The way Dolphins at the end, they were kind of moving the ball. Oh, they try. Um, I mean, you know the Miami <laughs> Dolphins do everything they can to blow leads. That's kind of in their DNA. Right. 
Uh, surprise of the century, possibly. The Baltimore Ravens got the fucking shit kicked out of them by the Cincinnati Bengals. And that, that leads me to this question. I'll ask you, Kyle. Let's hear your opinion. Are the Bengals legit? <laughs> I feel like this changes every week. I think one week we're like, oh, yeah, they're legit. The next week we're like, no, no, they're not legit. But I don't know, man. To be honest, I did not foresee Joe Burrow coming out like he would this year. I didn't see Jamar Chase coming out like he did, like, Jamar Chase is like that 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 fucking rocket down the field that always is open. I, I just can't get my my head around it. Uh, their running game's great. Their defense is playing up pretty well. I mean, they, hell, they locked down uh, Lamar last week pretty well. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. I, I think they're legit, and I think it's it's scary because I thought the Bengals would be legit next year or the year after. They're a little too soon to the party for the AFC North, and it's it's kind of scary right now. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I, I'm not. I'm not ready to say personally that they're they're legit, but there is a huge part of me that's going, huh? I'm I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop, and it hasn't yet. So it's kind of like it's kind of like me with like the Steelers. I had mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when I picked them for a win, and I said I'm not ready to admit the Steelers are bad yet. They're they're just that they're that kind of team. Like don't get me wrong, I don't think the Steelers are a Super Bowl contender, but any given week. I understand the Steelers are really old and struggling and they're not that good anymore. But at the same time, there's part of me that's like, well, there's, they still have good coaching. They have veterans any, any week they can win. That's kind of where I'm at with the Bengals. They're doing really well right now. However, going into the season, Zach Taylor's job was on the line. They almost lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, there were, there are a couple of missed kicks away from being either undefeated or being under 500. So it's one of those things of like, it just depends on where the ball bounces. They're getting very lucky. So I'm personally not ready to commit to them being good or being legit yet. But at the same time, they're definitely a team that I'm worried about. And as we said earlier, that's a game that no longer is a, is a going to and oh against them on the schedule. My thought process, it's now going to determine like, huh, I really need to wait till that week comes and see who's healthy, how we looked the week before, et cetera. There's a lot of variables that go into it. So scary, but I mean, yeah, they beat the shit out of the Ravens. The other thing too, is it makes me kind of wonder, as I said, going into multiple weeks with the Ravens I was you know half joking but half serious where I kept saying the, the the Ravens play like they have a horseshoe up their ass they get so lucky I mean they had the missed call and the world's longest field goal to beat the Detroit Lions for God's sake then you fast forward the next week and they beat the shit out of the or not the next week a couple weeks later they beat the hell out of the Chargers like they were you know playing a middle school team so it's one of those things of like where are they every week they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde but they do just enough things to win the game. Uh, right. You have the the game against the, the, the Colts, their Monday night football game. I mean, if the Colts don't get a field goal blocked and miss extra points and shit like that, they win the game. Instead, Baltimore gets touchdowns, two-point conversions, et cetera, all these lucky things that, like, aren't supposed to happen so easily. So it's one of those things of, like, both these teams could easily be 7-0, and and they could also be 2-5 and at this point. So it's weird. It, it, the the AFC North is a strange division. You have two five and two teams, one four and three team, and then I think the Steelers are three and three because they had a bye, right? Yeah, three and three. They had a bye last week. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you have a really good division that most analysts and experts all think that will more than likely have three representatives in the playoffs. They expect us to have two, both wild card spots come from the AFC North, uh, or at least come down to the wire. So that's that's a good thing, but it's also scary as a Browns fan because. Everybody in this league or in this division is so young, except for the Steelers. Joe Burrow is, is two years younger, at least NFL-wise, 
two years behind Baker and Lamar Jackson, you have uh, Baker and Lamar Jackson who are both only going into their fifth years after this season. So uh, interesting stuff. I mean, definitely a lot to wrap your head around. It's exciting to be a football fan in the AFC North, but it's also a little nerve wracking as a fan. Yeah, our past just gets is getting harder. Before it was just to be, you know, just to worry with the Steelers. Now with the Ravens, and now it's like every team in your division is just a a, a pathway or a, a potential roadblock to get to the playoffs now, which is unfortunate because you know you play every team you know, six times, you know, so it sucks. Yeah, I mean, I definitely need to see a little bit more from the Bengals to get a get a really good read on them. But again, I'm I'm not ready to say they're legit. I also think that they need to. They need, a, they need a tougher test of opponents. I'd like to see them up against some better teams. Don't get me wrong. I think Baltimore's good, but I think we can all agree that Baltimore's been better than they we expected because of the amount of injuries and issues they've had to overcome this season. I think 5-2 and two is extremely uh, like awesome for them. I think that they have to be more than ecstatic at 5-2 at and two because with the injuries and all the other things they've had to deal with, you really expected them to be fluttering around 500. So... I mean, it's still early in the season. I mean, this exactly. night halfway through, this could go south quickly there are, for anybody. There are so many teams in the NFL that haven't really completely given their identity yet. Like, we don't know what they are. And, you know, I've said it before with so many teams that every week they're Jekyll and Hyde. You have the New Orleans Saints, who one week they come out and beat the shit out of the Packers, and the next week they lose to, like, the Giants or whoever they lost to. Like, teams are so hot and cold, you can't really get a read on them. That's what makes football fun. But it also is it's, it's too early to really pick apart from the legit contenders. So I'm not ready to crown them yet. One team I kind of consider crowning is one of the one of the upper echelon teams in the NFL right now, the Los Angeles Rams. They got a huge win. I mean, not huge, but they got a good win over the Rams. Definitely came out struggling. <clears throat> Very emotional game, I would imagine, for both sides, because you have Matthew Stafford, who's played his entire career for the Lions, going up against his former team. And on the other side, the guy he was traded for, Jared Goff, facing his team that drafted him, took him to a Super Bowl, gave him a huge extension. Now you're facing them. I just feel like there were a lot of emotions in that this game. This game was started off very interesting, though, by Detroit. Just some of their it, play it calling. Did. It was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, again, it was one of those games of, like, it, what the fuck am I, am I watching? Like, you have, right. one team that, you have one juggernaut of a team in the Rams that you expect to just beat the shit out of the Detroit Lions. And it, it started off not like that. I mean, Cooper Cup is ha- having an MVP caliber year, to be honest. I mean, you don't see wide receivers win MVP, but Cooper Cup, is, if he keeps playing the way he is, he deserves to be in the conversation. Uh, the guy is just having a stellar stellar year. So shout out to them. I mean, they it was close for about three quarters, and then the Rams kind of pulled away. So big win for them. They're 6-1. and one. The Eagles went into Las Vegas, and this is another, another game where I was questioning – how the Raiders are going to be. Don't get me wrong. You and I both picked the Raiders last week because I think the Eagles are that bad of a team. But at the same time, the Raiders are one of those teams like the Bengals. Are they legit because they're five and two or are they going to go on like a four game losing streak and be below 500 any minute now? That's very possible as well. You never know with the team like the Raiders, but they got a big win against Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. The Texans against the Cardinals, the Cardinals struggled and started off extremely slow and then they pulled away 31 to 5. JJ Watt and DeAndre Hopkins get revenge over their ex team. But the Texans get the last laugh because JJ Watt got hurt in the game and he is done for the season. Go figure. JJ, third, third string tackles can't block me. Watt is out for the year. Eat a dick for being a prick on the sideline against the Browns, JJ. Kind of yeah, like him. 
but he, he got a he got his shoulder his shoulder got fucked up. It's like karma, you know, with yeah. uh, just what happened. That's crazy. You know, I, I'm I take things personal as a Cleveland fan. So if you're gonna be if you're gonna gloat and and act like that on the Cleveland sideline against the Browns because you're facing a third stringer, then go fuck yourself, JJ. Couldn't be happier that you're out, and I couldn't be happier that the Cardinals lost last night. Moving on, poor Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy needs to get canned. I say it every week. Buccaneers just beat the hell out of them. Um, a lot of a lot of Chicago. There's a lot of people that are shitting on Justin Fields and saying he stinks and et cetera, et cetera. He's a rookie quarterback that got no no reps with the first team in the preseason at all. They went in with Andy Dalton, guns blazing, and Justin Fields did not get groomed the way a rookie quarterback should have. And I also don't think Matt Nagy as a head coach does him any favors. So. Unfortunately, things are not looking up for Justin Fields. Do we have messages? Is that what that is? I wasn't really. Yeah, attention. yeah, I didn't pay attention. I was watching some. I was like looking at the screen, but we do have one. Yo, yo, yo! What up? Salute, fellas! Salute, fellas! Yeah, man, I'm currently watching my NBA parlay right now. You know, waiting for Sunday to come. Salute to y'all. You know what I mean, and go Niners! Let's talk some parlays. I'm not doing well with my parlays. Uh, the team that fucked me last week was the, the the Chiefs. I do love betting on sports, though. And we'll talk a little bit about the NBA here in a minute. Uh, sorry that you're a Niners fan. Um, that's not a very good thing. Uh, <laughs> they're unfortunately, I don't know what the hell's going on with them. We'll actually talk about that game right now. That was a really poorly just weather game. Uh, it was ugly. I don't know if you watched any of that game. It was extremely ugly in storms uh indianapolis was pretty much able to handle that game they they run the ball well carson wentz is playing really well surprisingly i know i i I took a lot of shit last year for saying that you know the eagles were going to move on from him and i would i would take him in cleveland in a heartbeat and a lot of people were like you're an idiot carson wentz sucks but as i said all along carson wentz is healthy he plays at mvp level and he's kind of showing that again he's having a really good season and don't look now but the colts are kind of figuring some things out Again, you start the season off, you had Carson Wentz got hurt in preseason. You lose Quentin Nelson in the preseason for a while. Um, Darius Leonard got hurt for quite a while. So you're missing your some of your best players on the team. Now they're all getting healthy, and the, the Colts are starting to win. They're 3-4, and four and they're not too far behind in the AFC. So they beat the Niners. I know that was a game that you and I split on our picks. Um, but I just – I don't know. I, I have faith in the, the Colts and the Niners. I just don't think – know exactly who they are as a team. You have – Jimmy Garoppolo, who knows his, his days are numbered with Trey Lance behind him. And I think that really does fuck with the quarterback when I'm not comparing him to Jared Goff because I know Jimmy G wasn't a first-round pick. It wasn't the number one overall pick. Um, but when you have a guy that just took your team to a Super Bowl two years ago, then you get a shitload of injuries, and last year was a complete failure for the, the Niners, and you then draft another quarterback I mean, that's got to feel like shit for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I kind of don't blame him. I also just don't think he's that good of a quarterback, but I really don't blame him for struggling this year because it's got to be tough to know that your job's on the line and any day you're going to be replaced. So it's a shame. It would be cool if he could go out and play well, and then a team like the Steelers would trade for him and then he would go there and suck. But unfortunately, I think he's kind of hurt himself in terms of trade value. No, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, I picked the 49ers because I thought it was their time to finally get, you know, get off and finally get a get a win here. But yeah, no, I was I was 100% wrong on that. They just don't look good. They don't every year. It's like the 49ers are in talk to be that playoff deep run team, but they always just underperform every single time. It seems. 
So since that guy was a Niners fan, I don't know if he'll come back and listen. It shows he's not currently there. So if he does, maybe he'll hear this. But uh, my the- I have a question for you while we're talking about the Niners and while we're here. How long do you keep Kyle Shanahan? He is going on, I think, his fourth year. Again, took him to a Super Bowl with the help of Robert Sala as their defensive coordinator. They, they had one of the better defenses in football. And that was two years ago. Then last year, a lot of injuries. So you make that excuse for, for Shanahan. What are you going to do? You have half your team hurt. Totally understood. I don't blame him for that at all. Now you fast forward, you have a healthier team, and now you're still two and four. So it's kind of showing to me that maybe that was a little fluky and Kyle Shanahan's methods aren't really working. So what do you do there? Do you keep, I think, who's their GM? John Lynch, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's, yeah, John Lynch. I mean, I'd. You have John they, Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. How long of a rope are you giving those two now at this point? Because you're two years removed from the Super Bowl, and it's looking like you're going to go back to back, not just losing seasons, but really just disappointing seasons. Yeah, I mean, he, I, th- I believe he has a losing record. I mean, overall with them, um, and I, I think the he's only had the one winning season. Right? Was that the season he went to the the Super Bowl? Right, where they finished like thirteen and three or yeah, yeah twelve and so, four or whatever. Again, their defense was one of the best, arguably the best defense in football. And then yeah. that was it. They had one good year of defense. And then now that their defense is back to being average to below average, that they suck. They're, they're yeah. a really bad team. If, if I'm the G, if I'm the owner, I'm, I'm probably removing either one or both of them probably at the end of the season, if they're going to finish under 500 again. Um, yeah. I just looked it up. He has a 31 and 39 record overall. So, I mean, yeah, so I, he, he's I not performing. Yeah. Who do you blame in that situation? Because, you have John Lynch, who traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, multiple draft picks, traded a lot of capital to get him. And then, again, how long has Jimmy G been there? This is his fourth year, I think, maybe? I think so, um, yeah. Because, yeah, I think the Super Bowl year was his second year. But either way, so we'll say he's been there three to four years. Now you're fast-forwarding, and they've already traded up again more draft picks to take Trey Lance, who there's rumors that I, – I, I've heard some shit, and this was from Chris Collinsworth verbatim. And a lot of people think that he knows what he's talking about when he said this. He said that he's heard from people in the or- in the organization there that they expect Trey Lance to sit for a year or two. This isn't like Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback maybe in a week. He's hearing that they they might let Jimmy G start and go with Trey Lance on the bench for for another year. Which to wow. me is just how do you keep those people employed if that's their plan? You're going to sit how- on another losing season just to let this quarterback rest unless they have like a ten year plan and their goal is to accumulate draft picks with their franchise quarterback on the bench, hopefully. And with those draft picks, because you've had such bad seasons, that's where you acquire your talent. You make a run for it there. But at the same time, the NFL stands for not for long. And I just don't know if the fan base is going to sit back and go, oh, yeah, we're okay with sucking for three to four years like they're the Philadelphia 76ers and trusting the process. Yeah, I don't I don't I mean, that's that's crazy if that's true. But I mean, you don't draft that high of a, a quarterback to let him sit that long, you know, I mean, he's a quarterback. You need to be getting in play either this year at the end of the year or, or it's a one year plan. And he's, he's your starting quarterback going into next season. You know, that's insane to me, but no, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I, I think they're the 49ers are just going to be that team that just they'll finish under 500 again. I, I want to say it would be a smart move to get rid of both Shanahan and, and Lynch, but I'm not sure, but I think Shanahan for sure uh, is probably out at the end of the year. If they finish under 500 again. It would be interesting to see what happens because I bet a lot of teams would be clamoring to either get him as their head coach or, or offensive to, coordinator. Yeah. yeah, try to get him as a coordinator. But I think he's he's maybe gotten a little too big for his britches with his dad and, and you know, the success he's had in other places. Maybe now he's to the point where 
you know, obviously he, he would have to take a job if he wanted a job in general, but maybe he's going to be kind of stubborn and only look for a head coaching job. But I guess only time will tell. We'll see what happens. But yeah, the, uh, the Niners, things aren't looking good for them there. And Monday night football, kind of a boring game. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't even, I barely watched two minutes of it. Uh, the saints beat the Seahawks. Jameis took on Geno Smith on the road, ugly game, same thing, bad weather, just overall bad football, nothing really too exciting. Saints. I turned I turned it off after that stupid Metcalf catch that beat me in fantasy football. The fucker mm. catches two balls in the game, and the one ball happens to be for 75 yards. And I was That'll beating this guy by 14 points, and that just killed me. So I turned it off after that. Yeah, nothing really exciting there. So that's our week seven recap. And then we'll do week eight in a little bit. But first and foremost, let's uh, I guess we can quickly talk about the what I'm calling the nobody in the world gives a fuck about series. Um, Houston Astros, Atlanta Braves tied one to one. Oh, they're playing. They're playing. I didn't know that. I have no interest in this game. I think most of America doesn't either. I'd be curious to see the ratings on it because I'm guessing they're going to be. And this isn't me just trying to be a troll or anything because I don't like both teams. This is legit. Wouldn't be shocked if these are some of the lower ratings ever for. They actually the came out last night and said they were the higher. They were they were up over last year. Okay, well, last year that makes sense because sports were just down in general in 2020. Yeah. So I'm not really looking at anything from 2020 as comparable. Um, but overall, yeah, I'd be curious to see what the ratings are compared to you know years prior. Uh, maybe just because it's games one and two, so people were kind of like, oh, I'll watch it. It's the World Series. But as the series goes on tonight, especially a Friday night. Are there going to be many people that are sitting at home watching Monday, or Friday night World Series when it's two days from Halloween? I can count one you know, person I know of that's going to be watching it, but that's not going to be me. So, <laughs> Yeah, so congratulations to the Major League Baseball who gets a one share in Northeast Ohio <laughs> by one individual person. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the World Series is going on. I'm not going to lie. I've barely watched. I, 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 I will admit I've turned it on for a couple minutes here and there just kind of to check the score as it's on TV. Right. I haven't watched a full inning or anything of the nature. I just I have no interest in this at all. I really don't. Uh, obviously, I have a thing against the Braves for 1995. I know this team, none of them are there, but I still hate the, the franchise. So I don't care about them. And then you turn to the American League, and I still am very, very bitter about the lack of punishment that the Houston Astros took for their cheating scandal. I feel like they just got a barely a slap on the wrist. The only actual person to be punished was the retired Carlos Beltran. And I don't know. I just think disgraceful by Major League Baseball to not punish Houston more, not make them lose players, et cetera. Really gut the team should have been the punishment. Make them Mm -hmm. start from scratch. Instead, they were able to keep all that talent. Nobody was really affected by any of the the quote-unquote discipline that came down. And then here they are two years later. They're in the World Series. Just shitty. I mean, it's such a slap in the face to Major League Baseball that you have a tarnished championship and you reward them by not doing anything and letting them go right back to the World Series. I just, I hate it. It, it makes my stomach hurt just thinking about it. I get queasy. So fuck baseball and fuck both teams. I will not be watching <laughs> and nothing yeah. will change. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you're better than me. I just check the score every so often and through the ESPN app, and that's it. And that's my yeah, entire it, attention to this. You know, this, if I'm watching a series. horror movie or something, and the, and the game goes or the movie goes to commercial, I'll throw it on Fox just to check the score. Yeah. And you know, as far as I can tell, both games look like they've been they've been over by the second inning in both games. So what a waste yeah. for people to watch. There's no drama. It's it's five to one or six to two by the third inning. So I mean, at that point, don't get me wrong. 
comebacks can happen, but as a non-fan of either team, I look at that and I go, well, who gives a fuck? I'll wait. And if somebody tweets later <laughs> that, oh, they tied it up, then I'll go back and watch. Other than that, I don't care. Yeah, uh, I agree. So we'll go to a sport that everybody in the world is watching, at least to my knowledge, the Cleveland Cavaliers and NBA basketball. Ladies and gentlemen, the Cavaliers are trying to hook me again. And I fucking smacked that hook away, and I'm not taking it this year like I did last year. That bait can go right up their dick holes. I, I'm happy just, that they're winning. I'm happy that they're on a West Coast trip, and they're now 2-0 and on that trip against two teams from the playoffs. They're on a three-game winning streak against three straight playoff teams from last year. Awesome. Does However, it stay alive tonight? Does it stay alive tonight? Huge game tonight that I'm actually really excited for. Uh the Cavaliers are in Los Angeles to take on LeBron James, who is now back in the Los Angeles Lakers. The Cavaliers started off 0-2, was looking abysmal. Uh, who they play? They played the, I think they played the Hornets, and they played the, they started the season off against the uh, Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. 0-2, both games, close games going into the fourth quarter. Both games, Cavaliers pissed away leads and just pissed away the game in general. They ended up losing by double digits in both games. And, at least I think so. I know it was just it was it was an out of reach game at the end, and that upsets me. I am a huge Cavaliers fan, even when they're terrible. I still root for them, and I still get pissed off when they lose. And they go to they they faced Atlanta last Saturday night, and I kind of thought, okay, if if I would have remembered, I'm not going to lie to you, I would have bet because the guy wants to talk about parlays. This is how shitty of a better I am. If I would have remembered, I was going to bet a lot of money on the uh, the Hawks to win the money line. Good thing I didn't. Cavaliers won. Trey Young has actually come out and complained a little bit. Not complained. I would say more so bitched about that rule where you can't try to force a foul on yourself. You know what I mean? Oh, I love it. I love it. You can't shift your body in a strange way to get a foul call, which I hated that. So this rule change, I am all for it. And it's making a guy like Trey Young a little less effective because he was the king at that. He was so good at stopping and kind of contorting his body in in a strange way to get a foul call. And it wasn't happening. So I'm happy I mean, to him, do. him. And then you got uh, Steph so Curry. Players were doing got, yeah, Curry. Yeah. I mean, you got Harden. You got Harden. Yep. You know, they're, they're all the, the professional get your own fouls. But I mean, I love it. I was watching a highlight the other day of like all the players who are notorious for it, just not getting those calls. It's so awkward to watch now, like in a highlight kind of, you know, highlight terms of just seeing these plays that you're used to getting that whistle blown for that. They're not blowing it. It's just amazing to me because the ball Which just I'm- flies up. And it doesn't go anywhere. Someone grabs it from another team, and they run it back down the court. <laughs> Couldn't be happier because, I, yeah, I hated it. it the, the, the amount of foul calls in basketball, and I'm a huge NBA fan overall. Like, I'll, I could put on any game. I love watching it. I just think basketball is such a fun sport to watch. And it was getting a little, a little boring because there's just so many fucking fouls. Every game you watch, it's like a maybe – you're lucky to get a minute full of uh, – of back-to-back play before there's a whistle for something. And it's just like, I get it. You know, the ball gets knocked out of bounds, whatever. But the amount of fouls and free throws and shit like that, it was just, it's getting ridiculous. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't be happier that the NBA did that. They are definitely, they made a rule change. Other, other teams should take notice. Other sports are making rules that, that kind of suck where you have like football is enforcing taunting rules now. And that's a really fun part of football. So they're, they're fucking up there. But then you have basketball who, got rid of foul calls on this bullshit and they're taking the power out of the players hands a little bit and it's working beautifully i love it it's making the game that much more enjoyable and uh but yeah so the Cavs beat the hawks then the Cavs roll into denver for their west coast game one road trip 
And same thing. I was sitting there thinking at work, I'm like, maybe I'll throw a little bit of cash down on the, on the nuggets. Cause I think they're going to win pretty handedly tonight. And the Cavs surprisingly won. Their defense is very good. They are forcing extremely tough contested shots and on offense are moving the ball. Well, and I give most of the credit in my opinion, I'm giving it to Ricky Rubio. I think Ricky Rubio really is teaching this team a thing or two about with bringing his veteran leadership to the team and shout out to our, to my boy, at least Kevin love. I know before the season started, you and I had talked and I even said, like, I don't know what they're going to do with him after drafting Evan Mobley after signing uh, or trading for Lori Mark Kaken or Kaken. Um, and then who else they acquired somebody else, didn't they? Or they, they, they kept Jared Allen for a huge deal. So either way, they had all these seven footers, all these big men. I kind of thought, what are they going to do with Kevin Love? That must mean he's the odd man out. Boom. He's coming off the bench. He is playing his ass off. It's unfortunate for me as a Kevin Love fan because he's now just building up his value to get traded. And that's a bummer. But I love the veteran presence. I love what the Cavs are doing. Uh, they're playing great defense. They're passing the ball. They're, they're having fun. They're hitting shots. Love it. Wednesday night, I think it was, they played another playoff team. The Clippers, albeit without Kawhi Leonard, but still just an ass beating for the Clippers. I mean, we, we shut them down. They shot terribly. Paul George only had like 12 points. They really did a good job at keeping him uh, under control. So great job by Bickerstaff and this Cavaliers team right now. I mean, again, it's early, so I'm not getting my hopes up in the slightest bit. I'm not even going to talk about playoffs, but <laughs> I like what I'm seeing tonight. Like you said, is a huge test. The Lakers just blew the biggest lead in franchise history the other night against the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder of all teams, who are a really bad team. But it was without LeBron James. I do think LeBron being out there, he 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 demands that kind of respect from his teammates. And a lot of people don't really like letting LeBron down. So we'll see what happens tonight. But I'm excited to watch it. Just more so even because I, you know, LeBron's not getting any younger. I never know when the last game I'll get to see him play is going to be or the last season he plays. So I'm extremely excited to just watch any any Lakers game I can for the rest of his career because I'm a huge LeBron fan. And I'm really going to be sad when he's no longer in the league. So I'm going to just enjoy it. And tonight <clears throat> just so happens to be possibly at the expense of my Cavaliers, but I will enjoy my man, LeBron James rooting for the Cavs, but I want LeBron to have a good game. That's how I'm okay. I'll, just to finish up the basketball talk. I'm, I'm calling the Cavs win tonight. I think they're going to, okay. they're going to, they're going to beat them first time. I think in, in nine years, they would win back to back LA games. So um, I'm going with it. I mean, the, the, even Vegas thinks it might be a little tighter than expected. I think the Cavs are only a minus or the Lakers are only a seven point favorite. Um, yeah. So they expect it to be relatively close. I mean, in basketball, that's only a, a couple possessions. So uh, they expect it to be a close game. We'll see what happens. I mean, again, I'm pulling for the Cavaliers, but at the same time, I, I just want to watch LeBron. And, you know, I hope that I, my big thing with the Cavaliers is I don't want them to just be an embarrassment like they were last year. Last year, they were a really bad team. They were embarrassing. Um, I just don't want that. Be competitive. Don't be embarrassing. So we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on, because we wanted to make this a quicker episode. We will do a really quick uh, pick them. We'll go through the games, do our pick them, and then we'll wrap up with the Browns. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. So let's get right to it. Thursday Night Football, Kyle and I did text each other in advance. I am a man enough to admit that I was wrong. I picked the Cardinals because the Packers were so shorthanded. Kyle went with Green Bay. And not going to lie to you, when you sent that, I thought, okay, cool. I'm sorry, Kyle took Green Baby. And, green uh, Baby. That's Green what I Baby. <laughs> the Green Baby Packers. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. When you sent that, I, my first thought was, cool, I'm going to go up a point. But, lo and behold, here we are. I was wrong. <clears throat> 
I, have I can't believe you picked face. against you, you. You picked against your man. I was thinking that you could put the water boy, you could put a cheerleader out there, you could put the 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 cart guy out there, and and Aaron Rodgers is going to make a way for those guys to catch a ball and win the game. You know, truthfully, so. against any other team, I probably would have. But the way the Cardinals have been playing, they were so hot. Kyler Murray looked unstoppable. The Packers defense. I've watched a few Packers games this year. They haven't looked that great. So I kind of went into it just thinking, like, yeah, I think I think it'll be a close game. Like I think the Packers were a seven point underdog. And I thought, man, you're giving Aaron Rodgers seven points. It might be a, a field goal game, but I just have to go with the undefeated team. And, you know, give it to the Packers. I mean, great game for them. They look like a legit team. Uh, yeah. And, Why? You know, I should I again, should gain two points on you this week, I think. So. Say again? From, I said I should win two points against you this week because I, I saw your picks that you put in earlier. Unless you're changing your mind, maybe no, you will, but – I know which game you're talking about, and we will get to that. <laughs> uh, so next up, we have the Bengals taking on the Jets. I think this one's going to be pretty easy. You know, I don't want to speak for you, but I think it's safe to say you're taking the Jets. Yeah, <laughs> I almost said yes. <laughs> uh, no, we're, we're going. We're going Bengals on this one. Yeah, same here. I think it's going to be pretty easy. Not only, even if even if Zach Wilson was playing, I'm still pick, picking the Bengals. And. Uh, they just, I don't know, the Jets are terrible, the Bengals look good, and this is, again, one of those games where the Bengals can come out and win by, you know, four or three touchdowns, and it's going to make you go, shit, the Bengals are 6-2, and two. they're really fucking good, but again, they did it against the Jets, so are they really good, or is it their opponents? That's kind of, you know, I, I, I'm not ready for that shoe to, shoe to drop. I'm also waiting for the Bengals to come out and just kind of shit down their leg and play like a team who, in the beginning of the season, had a potential core, uh, head coach in the hot seat. Uh, a lot of questionable draft picks and offseason moves makes you wonder what they're doing. And I'm not sold. Beating the Jets will definitely not sell anything for me. Uh, next up, we have arguably one of the games of the week, in my opinion. Tennessee Titans against the Indianapolis Colts. You have the Colts who, again, as I said, are up and coming. They're starting to get put some shit together and win. But so are the Titans. Derrick Henry is playing like an MVP. And the Titans overall are just playing really well. So who do you got? Yeah, this one was a I, was a hard game to pick because I'm trying to play the scenario out in my mind of, you know, what is each team going to do? You know, Indianapolis is going to rely on the run yeah. pretty heavily. Is that so is, bubble going to burst? Or... Right, exactly. I mean, is that are they going to come back down to reality a little bit, or is that just who they are now? Um, but I went with Tennessee. I'm taking Tennessee in this game. It's going to be a close game, but I'm taking Tennessee. I did too. I'm one. Of, I'm I'm kind of in the mindset of once I see a team stop Derrick Henry. Maybe I'll, I'll think about not picking the Titans, but for right now, they're playing so well. I, I think they're getting uh, Taylor Lewan back, which is huge for their offensive line. They didn't even need him last week against the Chiefs, but uh, he's, he's expected to play. And I really like the Colts. I, again, going into the season, I thought the Colts could have been a team to win the division or at least compete. And I don't think this loss is going to hurt him too much. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a division loss. You don't want to lose any game. Uh, especially division, but I think they're a good team, but I just think Derrick Henry and, and, and Tannehill and, and Vrabel, they're going to do just enough to win. So I'm with you. I'm going Tennessee. Next up, we have the, again, pretty easy pick in, in my opinion, Los Angeles Rams against the Houston Texans. Davis Mills <laughs> starting for the Texans again, uh, one and six against six and one. Pretty simple to pick Los Angeles here, I think. I don't know. It was a tough choice. I mean, is it are the Texans going to get you know get it together? No, I'm just kidding. This yeah, I stayed pretty... up all night thinking about it. <laughs> it's a pretty <laughs> simple pick. Yeah, take the Rams here. Uh, next up, we have the Eagles taking on the Detroit Lions. Uh, two pretty bad teams. Is this the week where the Lions get their first win, or do the Eagles handle them? What do you think? 
No, I, th- I think the Eagles are, yes, a bad team, but I think the Eagles still have the capability of putting points up on the board. Um, and I, I think that the Eagles, I think the Eagles win this one, maybe by maybe 10 points or whatever. But yeah, I got Philadelphia winning this one. Yeah, same here. I mean, Philadelphia is trying to find their identity a little bit. Uh, they're without Miles Sanders, but at the same time, they're going to get up against the, the Lions who they're 0-7. They've lost some fucking heartbreakers this season. I feel bad for them uh, somewhat, not really as a Browns fan. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, we don't care. But at the same time, they've lost some heartbreakers. There are some some rumors that Jared Goff, the seat's getting a little hot for him at quarterback. Uh, <clears throat> so, I don't know. I just think that I think that's going to be in his mind a little bit, and I just think they don't have the talent. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going. I'm going Philadelphia. Plus, I just really want to. I'm curious to see what other random shit Campbell pulls out of his ass. I mean, the onside kicks, the other random stuff he does. I'm just curious to see what he does. But yeah, there's no way they win. I love it. I mean, I look at him as he's a desperate man. He's a guy that knows that he, he he's in his first year in Detroit. Obviously, they're going to be rebuilding from the bottom, but at the same time, he is ready to do anything to get a win. He's one. It's like the Jacksonville game against uh, Miami. You just need one of those Sundays where you're like, no one expects us to win. Let's just go out there and fucking take care of business. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm, I'm going Philadelphia until until Detroit can prove to me they can win a game. I'm probably going to be picking against them for the mo- rest of the year. And as a Browns fan that watched the team go 0-16, I know the other team to do that happened to be the Detroit Lions, but if they go 0-17, I'm happy to no longer be the worst team in football history statistically. So <laughs> I am all for that. Uh, we have the Niners going up against the Bears. This is a this is a tricky game. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I didn't know how to pick this one. I mean, this was, again, I'm, I'm going to – I'm probably going to bury myself again this week, but – they, they have to win eventually, right? So I'm taking the 49ers here. Um, I, I, I would hope that they get it together. Just watching that abysmal performance last week. And again, to your point, Matt Nagy does not know how to call a game. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm betting on that. I'm hoping on that. And I think the 49ers win. Yeah, unfortunately for Justin Fields, I mean, he is getting sacked at a record pace. Their offensive line can't stop anybody. Uh, the game plan, as we said, Matt Nagy doesn't know what he's doing, in my opinion. I think in this game, it's going to be come down to coaching and experience. And you have a very experienced team in the Niners who has a ton of veterans. You have a coach that's been to multiple Super Bowls, whether it be as a coordinator or a head coach. And then you have the Bears, who are unfortunately going to be without Khalil Mack this week, going up against, you know, Justin Fields then has to face opposite Nick Bosa. So it's going to be a long day for Justin Fields, unfortunately. I think if you have the ability to pick up the Niners defense in fantasy. I would highly recommend doing that. Um, But yeah, I'm with you. I'm going San Francisco. Next up, we have the Carolina Panthers at three and four against the three and three Atlanta Falcons. This is a battle of who, who wants to win a fucking game (laughs) because it doesn't look like Darnold wants to, and the Falcons try so hard that they just find ways to blow it. So what are we thinking here? I personally go, go ahead. No, I'm no. going as the okay. team. I just think Carolina's playing very poorly. I think Atlanta, you have an MVP, former MVP in Matt Ryan, the veteran quarterback going up against a banged up, not very good Carolina team. I'm just going to go with the hot hand. Atlanta's won like two in a row, I think, and I'm going with them. Yeah, my, my, I'm going with Atlanta as well just because they are at home, and I think that Pitts is going to continue to have a, a good couple games here. He's, he's had a couple, I think, two or three games in a row where he's had pretty amazing games. I think those guys are starting to build a rapport together, and I think it's going to be another good game. I think Atlanta wins this one. Yeah, I believe he is setting 
some some rookie records for a tight end for like most yeah. yards through seven games or something like that. So he's on pace to be, uh, you know, a dynamic player. Uh, so I'm going <clears> to <throat> roll with the hot hand, taking the Falcons. Next up, pretty easy pick here in my opinion. The one and six Dolphins travel to Buffalo to take on the four and two Bills. I think we're both going to be on the same team here picking Buffalo. Do you think uh, Buffalo sits their starting quarterback just because they're not too concerned about this game? <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, yeah there's, there's a good chance that uh, Josh Allen doesn't play a full four quarters because he doesn't really need to. This one might right. be out of hand. It's an easy pick. Buffalo, definitely. Yeah. So that takes us to four o'clock games. I'll leave a blank spot here for Cleveland-Pittsburgh. We always do that one last. And we have the New England Patriots going up against the Justin Herbert-led Chargers. It's crazy because on paper you you think right away you're like okay Chargers are such a better team but Bill Belichick can play fucking defense he knows how to shut down good quarterbacks if you remember last year I, I'm almost positive they shut out the the Chargers when they played them last year he mm-hmm. just really knows what he's doing against young quarterbacks I mean I go back to even the Dallas game I thought Dallas was going to beat the shit out of New England and then look what happens they struggle a little bit it goes to overtime Dallas ends up winning but it was definitely a tighter game than expected. Same thing, you have a rookie head coach going up against Bill Belichick, who is obviously one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest head coach of all time. It's tough. I'm going with the Chargers, but at the same time, I think if if it were a home game for the Patriots, I think I would really have to consider who I'm taking here. But since they're home, coming off a bye, I'm going to roll with the Chargers. Yeah, I initially picked New England to win this one when I was doing my picks for our pick em. Um, but after when I got to the end, I did like a quick review. I, I switched. I went back. I went over the Chargers. It's going to be a close game, I think, to your point. Um, I think Belichick just ends up like dialing up defenses that just confuse anybody he plays. Um, I haven't seen a team blow out New England yet this year just because I think that's just who he is as a coach. Um, but I think the Chargers do win this one. But it's going, to be a, it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I think so too. I think Bill's, you know, like I said, it's, it's going to be cool to watch that matchup. You have a potential future head coach, longtime head coach because he's young. Um, and then you have Bill Belichick, who's not getting any younger, but he's still dominating football. The game has not passed him by, so it's going to be a fun one to watch. Keep keep an eye on. Next up, pretty shitty game. I feel bad for anybody that has to watch this one. You have the 1-5 Jags against the 2-5 Seahawks. Uh, Seattle's losing, but they are competitive. But also, they haven't really played any good teams. They Since Russell Wilson went down, they have played the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, again, aren't really a great team with anything to look forward to. And they just lost to the saints who same thing. The saints are winning some games, but realistically nobody thinks of the saints as a legit contender. So the Seattle's played well. I think they're finally going to be going up against a pretty bad team in Jacksonville. And I'm going with Geno Smith and Pete Carroll at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, this is a very, very sad game, but no, I yeah, think I feel uh... bad for people. I think if it was switched, I think it was Jacksonville was at home. I might consider taking Jacksonville. Um, but I, I honestly don't think that this is going to be a fun game to watch. But, yeah, I think uh, Seattle wins this one. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, next up, we have the Washington football team taking on the Denver Broncos. Another kind of shitty game. You have two teams that are one team that's very underachieving and one team that overachieved in the beginning of the season and are on a four-game losing streak in Denver. So, you have two very, very irritated fan bases, if I had to guess, and two teams that, again, have just underachieved them this season and are watching their playoff hopes disintegrate in front of their eyes. Uh, this was a tough one. I'm not going to lie to you because of after playing the Broncos, I saw how bad they are, and I've watched Washington kind of go out there and do some things. But because they're at home, it's a long way from, from D.C., I'm going with the Denver Broncos in mile high. Okay, so it was a closer game. It was a – a tougher decision than I thought it would be for you. 
You were you were you thinking Washington at one point? Uh, to an extent, but I mean, their biggest thing is their secondary is really bad. That's the, mm-hmm. the worst part of Washington. And Denver's now getting Jerry Judy back, who when Jerry Judy was healthy, that's when Denver was winning some games. I'm not saying he's the reason they're on a losing streak, but he has right. missed the last four weeks, if I'm not mistaken. So I think Jerry Judy brings such a dynamic uh, playmaker ability to their offense. And going up against Washington, whose biggest bugaboo has been their secondary, when you have Noah Fant, you have Cortland Sutton, you have – their their good running game and now you throw Jerry Judy back into the mix and Tim Patrick for that matter is having a really good year for Denver uh, I just think that that offense is going to kind of outweigh Washington I think Washington's a little banged up if I'm not mistaken I don't think uh, Terry McLaurin is healthy uh, I could be wrong I'm not sure I, I remember he's been on the injury report lately so I'm not sure if he's going to play but uh yeah overall just give me the Broncos because they're at home that's kinda yeah. one of those, it's going to be tight but I'm taking the home team I agree yeah I take Denver too okay Next up, we have the Buccaneers going against those pesky New Orleans Saints who they're one of those guys. Marshawn Lattimore is one of those players that when he wants to shut a guy down, he'll do it. So I think he's going to be locked up against Mike Evans pretty much one-on-one all day. So if you have uh, Chris Godwin in fantasy football, I think this could be a huge week for him. It's, I mean, the Saints are no slouch. They're four and two. The Buccaneers are six and one and they do have Tom Brady. So, I, I can't go against them, even though I think this game might be kind of tight. I would not be surprised if the Saints win. I'm going to say that now on the record. But <laughs> because picks matter, I have to go with Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to agree with you. I think Tampa Bay wins this one. But I don't think it's going to be as close as you think it's going to be. I, I think they're. I think Tampa Bay is hitting this uh, second level in the season right now where they're just going to uh, just take the win easily. I think they're going to win by two touchdowns or more. My thing is I just look at it as it's a little bit of a revenge game. You have – Jameis Winston going up against the guy that replaced him and immediately won a Super Bowl as soon as he was gone. So I think he's going to be pissed, but part of me thinks that it could go one one of two ways. He's either going to go out there and play extremely well because it's a revenge game, or he's going to play terribly because he's going to try so fucking hard to do everything that he's going to turn it over a ton. And right. it's very easy to do that against Tampa Bay's defense. So again, I'm picking Tampa Bay, but if it turns out to be close and or even a Saints upset, you heard it here first. But I'm not confident in that, so I will not be betting on them. Uh, and then we have our Sunday night football game. This is a tough one. I'm not going to lie to you. I did I'll, – I'll, I'll just admit it. I did pick Dallas. You have Dallas against Minnesota. On paper, Dallas, easy pick. Makes sense. I think everybody and their brother's going to take them. However, the ru- rumors came out today that said that uh, Dak Prescott – it's not Yeah, I good saw that. Play. So yeah, he's questionable. Yeah. I submitted my picks already for our, our thing, but if I hear on Sunday that he's out – I'm going to reach out and say, hey, do you guys mind if I change my pick? Because that's a huge – that's the only reason I'm picking them is because Dak Prescott's playing. If he's not, then I'm not confident in that pick. So, hmm. right here, well, we can't – I'm, gonna, can't I'm, gonna, I'm not going to allow you to do that, though. I'm just going to go ahead and say, no, you can't do that. <laughs> well, I don't listen to anybody, so that's going to be my thing. <laughs> on here, though, our picks are cemented, so we have to put them in. Because of right now, Dak Prescott's questionable. He's not doubtful or ruled out. I'm going to go with Dallas. However, if Dak Prescott plays, I'm expecting the Vikings to win. But what can you do? You just got to do it. You got to roll with what you can since these are locked and written in stone. I'm going Dallas. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Dallas even if Dak is not in the game. I, I think that they still have enough offensive firepower. Even if they just run the ball and do short dump passes, I think they still win the game. So my buddy is a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I texted him that today, and I said, hey, uh, you have you confident in the Cowboys even if Dak doesn't play? He said, "No fucking way." 
<laughs> so that, that's kind of where I was like, uh-oh. So I'm going to go with Dallas. But again, I think if Dak doesn't play, could get ugly. Monday night football, we have the Giants coming off a huge win against the Carolina Panthers against the Kansas City Chiefs who are coming off a huge loss to the Tennessee Titans. Did the Chiefs bounce back here, Kyle? What say you? Um, yeah, I think this is a pretty easy win for them. Um, even though, even though the Giants had that win last week, I, I, I just think Kansas City gets together, especially in this on the Monday night stage, especially all eyes on, 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 uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I think this is a pretty simple win for them. Yeah. I think the Giants have really struggled against good teams and don't get me wrong. I know the chiefs aren't playing well, but at the same time, they are the chiefs. They still have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you still have Andy Reid. You have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, et cetera. Give me, the, give me the Chiefs all day, especially at home. It's one of the toughest places to play. I think the Chiefs are looking to rebound and kind of turn their season around. And this is a good way to start to get them back at 500. So I'm with you. I'm going Kansas City. And that gets us to the game of the week. Biggest rivalry in NFL history, arguably. Pittsburgh Steelers against the Cleveland Browns. Kyle kind of spoiled it a little bit when he <laughs> talked about we have well, they, No one knew what I was talking about. I, just, yeah. I knew what we were talking about there. But, uh, yeah. I'll just get it right to the chase here. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, sucks to be wrong in this one, doesn't it? You're going to be. Uh, you I tell didn't... me on about four o'clock on Sunday. <laughs> I might be a little drunk, but I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> tell you what, I'll go first one picking Cleveland, then you can debunk what I'm going to say. Um, sure. So, so I, I'm taking Cleveland for a couple reasons. One, you have a, a very old quarterback that's not very mobile sitting behind a very bad offensive line. And you have a very hungry Miles Garrett that I think is going to get to him three, four, four times maybe, a couple sacks, maybe some half sacks in there. Um, we have a defense, even though we're going to be without Ward, I still think our secondary is going to do enough to um, disrupt some field of vision for Ben and maybe some of his underthrown footballs. He's going to be able to – they're going to maybe a pick or two in there. Um, but I think our run game and with Chubb back, with Baker, even at 70%, um, I, I think we have enough to get it done. I think it's going to be a 24 24- – 17 type win, but I, I just don't see us losing this game, especially being at home. Okay. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but my thought process on the whole situation is just from years prior and seeing how people have played against them. Uh, you have Mike Tomlin, who, let's be honest, you know, I hate him. He's a Steelers coach, but he is one of the best coaches in football. He's a Hall of Fame head coach. The guy knows what he's doing. Their defense is still very good. Their offense, I agree with you on, on everything you said. They have a poor offensive line. Uh, the run game struggles. The Browns' run defense is pretty good. Uh, however, I'm just worried more so on Baker Mayfield. You have a not healthy guy who had to spend the last two weeks. And you know Baker. He's as stubborn as they come. He had to spend the last two weeks listening to people talk about, should he play? Should he be benched? Then Case Keenum wins. And you have the overdramatic fans who uh, – or overzealous fans, I guess you should say – who are saying, oh, do we start Case Keenum for the rest of the season and things like that. And I think Baker is a stubborn enough guy to where that's why he said, fuck you, I'm playing on Sunday no matter what. Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, is one good hit away from missing the game. And I saw a stat today that's kind of concerning. The Pittsburgh Steelers have the fifth, fifth best pass rushing percentage in football. They're, you know, they're, they're that good. However, the Browns are countering that with the number one pass protection. So it's going to be a fucking battle. However, all it's going to take is one good swim move by, you know, a TJ Watt or somebody of the likes. And if Baker takes a good shot on that shoulder, I mean, it's, it's easy. He could be out of the game by the first quarter. And then you then have to put in case Keenum as your starter and it just fucks everything up. 
even if Baker stays healthy, my concern is that he's going to try to overdo some things. I don't think he's got the arm that he thinks he has, meaning he might try a couple throws that a month ago he could make, but until that injury hit, he now can't make. And he's overall played pretty poorly against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. I don't know if you remember last year, week six, I think it was. Literally the first pass of the game was a pick six to Minka Fitzpatrick. He usually struggles, even when we played them against uh, the last week of the season before the playoffs, against a lot of backups, he struggled. I know in the playoff game, he looked good. However, I also think that the Steelers were kind of shell-shocked. The game starts off with immediate snap into the end zone, Browns touchdown, then interception, just nonstop. The Browns were beating the shit out of them. So offensively, there wasn't a lot of pressure on the Browns. We didn't have to go out there and establish anything. We already had the game kind of in the bag. We didn't have to come from behind. We didn't have to, again, establish the run game to create the passing game. Everything was already there for us. It was a perfect situation. I personally have yet to see Baker go against Pittsburgh and just dominate from the start. I've yet to see him play that well against Pittsburgh, aside from the playoff game, where, again, he was kind of gifted 14 quick points because of some turnovers. So I'm, I'm nervous about the game. I, I think he's not healthy. I think that Mike Tomlin's goal is going to be to shut down the run and make Baker Mayfield beat you, where I don't have the confidence in Baker doing that, especially against an elite defense like the Pittsburgh Steelers. So with that being said, I think it'll be a tight one, just like you said, but I think it's going to come down to turnovers and who can create more. So, I mean, if the Browns defense comes out balling and and creates turnovers and makes life difficult for, for Ben and the Steelers, we have a really good chance. But I think the Steelers are going to do the same on their end. So it's going to be tight. Um, but yeah, I, I, unfortunately I have to go with, I have to go with Pittsburgh because I'm not ready to put that final nail in the coffin. I hate picking them as a Browns fan, but I just have to go with my, my instincts here. And I think that Pittsburgh is the, they're going to have the upper hand just because the Browns aren't healthy. And I just think this is the worst defense. They're very physical to go against when you have an injured quarterback who really can't risk getting one shot, taking one hit. Mm -hmm. So that's well, my thought I mean, process behind the whole thing. I, I hope I hope you're 100 percent wrong. <laughs> oh, trust as, me, I'm I as I'm sure you do too. But I, I I just I think that even though they have a they're going to try to shut down the run, I just think that our run game's better than if they're best shutting it down. Um, I think that will prevail and, and on the ground. And I think that if Baker starts getting a little loosey goosey to start, I think Stefanski switches up the game plan and starts moving back to that run first, dink and dunk pass, screen pass, and I think that's what's going to get us the victory. But then again, any given Sunday, man, I go into every Sunday, you know, optimistic that we're going to have a great game. And then by halftime, I think I'm texting you going, what the fuck going on? Yeah, so I mean, we'll see. Sure we both we both picked Arizona and thought it would be a pretty easy win for the Browns. And we saw how that went. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. But I, I'm excited for the game. I hope they win. I hope we because if we don't win and then we lose and especially if Baker looks bad, I, I don't want to hear the noise that's going to come out of Cleveland for the entire next week or so, but yeah, I mean, let's I'll see what happens right now, because I know we have some Steeler fans that listen to the show and like to talk sports with us and stuff. I'm going to say right now, if the Browns lose this game, you're facing a very, I hate first thing I want to get off my chest here is I hate, I'm sick of seeing Steeler fans comparing injuries and saying, Oh, well it's worse for us. Like, no, Pittsburgh was kind of expected to suck this year. They weren't expected to be good. So you having injuries really doesn't mean much. And your injuries are nowhere comparable to the Browns. We've lost our quarterback, the best two running backs in football, arguably, you know, top five, two top five running backs, basically, in, in Hunt and Chubb. So many talented players. Jarvis Landry, our number one wide receiver, 
Pittsburgh hasn't had to suffer anything close to that. We've lost Denzel Ward for a couple of games. Our, our Jadavian Clowney, our, our rookie starting linebacker. You know what I mean? We we have so many more injuries than Pittsburgh. So for them to keep comparing and being like, oh, we've had it worse, the fuck you have. So, Well, they have to have something to talk about, and that's what it is. And that's exactly <laughs> it. Again, you know, I, I'm already dreading if the Browns lose, the, the Steeler fans talking shit. But it's like, you know, I'll just keep bringing up that playoff game if you guys really want to get down to what two healthy – Browns and Steelers teams look like against each other. That's the actual last results. <laughs> I like it. So we'll go with that. Um, but yeah, again, I hope I'm wrong, but we'll see what happens. I will, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this because I know you wanted to get to dinner and I'm going to watch some horror movies and hang out at home on this lovely Friday night. Horror movies as in prostitutes or horror movies as in scary? Uh, both. I mean, I could always turn on the mic. One of my favorite movies, Frankenhooker, is both. So Perfect. <laughs> it's a double entendre, the horror horror movie. I like that. Yeah, classic. All right, buddy. Well, uh, that's going to do it. We'll wrap up here, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. All right, man. Have a great night. You too. See you. See you later.